those who have given their lives, that, Lord, we can stand here today and proclaim how great a God we serve. Those who've certainly given us the freedom that we can get out here on the highway and we can go where we want to do. We don't need papers to go from one place to another. We can go in freedom. And many have sacrificed and given their lives. And dear Lord, help us to remember. Help us to stop and reflect. And this day, dear God, these that need healing, we pray for healing. These that need comfort, we pray for comfort. These that need favor and direction, we pray for that today that your heart would just swell, Lord, and that people would know that truly their God rules and reigns. We thank you today for protection just as we testified today. We thank you today for the healings that we see happening. People are to be delivered of, of the powers of darkness. And we thank you, Lord, today for the emotional healing that you give people, people who, who are depressed, those who, Lord, see no hope. But dear God, because of your presence, your spirit, O oh Lord, and we ask you today... You would release your Holy Spirit in this place in a greater measure than we've ever known before. We welcome you. And dear Lord, you would release your gifts in this place that we may be used by you to serve you, to point people to Jesus, O oh Lord. We pray today that you would touch us and that, Lord, you would use us and always for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We've been sort of hanging out here in the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, remembering people, remembering here on Memorial Day. And we'll look at verse 39, and then we'll read through verse 4 of chapter 12 of Hebrews. We know that faith chapter is full. I want to tell you, you want to be encouraged? Read chapter 11 of Hebrews. I believe possibly Paul may have written it. That's not, that's a... a uh, certainly that could get to, could be different. A lot of people don't know for sure. I have different uh, reasons, but it was inspired of the Lord, and it's inerrant, and it is the Word of God. And if you read chapter 11 about faith, because we know faith stirs the heart of God. We've all been given a measure of faith, the Bible says, and we're to use that faith and we're to step out, and our faith gets stronger. And if you look at verse 39 through 12, verse 4, Remembering people. All these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. Now, verse 1 of chapter 12. Therefore, since we are, uh, also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that has before us, lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne, at the right hand of the Father. Amen. There's a story about a, a city fellow who was visiting relatives on a farm, and the farmer gave a whistle, and his dog herded the cattle into the corral and then latched the gate with her paw. He said, wow, that's some dog. What's her name? The forgetful farmer thought a minute and then asked, what do you call that red flower that smells good and has thorns on the stem? A rose. That's it. The farmer turned to his wife and said, hey, Rose, what do you call this dog? We forget, don't we? 
<laughs> and I'm the world's worst about names. And I'll go to Kathy or somebody else in here and go, no, what's her name? What's the name? Tell me a name. Yet. And you know, all that. All the people. Some people remember names better than others. Some people remember better. But in the situation here is we remember people today on this Memorial Day weekend, what a blessing it is to truly remember them. As I thought about this, and we take a quick, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here about Memorial Day. It's kind of a quiz to see how much you know about this holiday. And question number one, Memorial Day is a day for A, picnics and barbecues, B, NASCAR racing, C, the official start of summer fun, D, going to the beach, E, shopping, those awesome deals. Or F, remembering and honoring the brave men and women who gave their lives serving our country. Which is it? F. F. All right. You're right. Got 100. I believe everybody here got that one right. Now, if y'all miss these, I'll talk to you on the way out. Okay? I'm going to talk. I'm not excommunicating you, so you can continue to come to church. But you may get a talking to Okay, just kidding, just kidding. The second question is, first known as Decoration Day, Memorial Day originated after which war to commemorate fallen soldiers? A, the American Revolutionary War. B, the American Civil War. C, the Korean War. D, World War I. Or E, World War II. Which one? B, the American Civil War, certainly. Okay, one more last question. How should the American flag be properly displayed on Memorial Day? A, at half-mast all day. B, at half-mast until noon, then at full-mast the rest of the day. C, at full-mast until noon, and then at half-mast the rest of the day. Or D, uh, uh, at full-mast all day. B, B. Actually, at half-mast until noon, and then at full mass the rest of the day. Now, the answer to that last question here is, is certainly, and I'll explain here, is that the half mast is to remember those one may, over one million people, men and women, who gave their lives in service to their country, but at noon their memory is raised by the living who resolve, resolve, not to let their sacrifice be in vain, but to rise up instead and continue the fight for liberty and justice for all. It is to cause us, it's to resolve. This is where we stand here. Because we gain courage and resolution by remembering the lives and sacrifices of those who came before us and on whose shoulders we now stand. Memorial Day is a time of remembrance, a time to reflect upon those who paid the price for our freedom with their lives. And the Bible has many instances where we're called to remember through the feast we know and festivals, temples, altars, standing stones, taking communion, even the rainbows. In each case, God wants us to remember the past, learn from it, and resolve to live our lives for Him. And this is the case of what we're going to talk about today in Hebrews chapter 11 here. And we read that text in thinking. So first of all, we want to remember the fallen. We said that we're not sure. I guess there are different theologians who believe that the book was written by particular people, some Paul and some others. They're 
not exactly the style that the Apostle Paul wrote in, but that's not important. During this time, was, it was either a letter or a sermon intended for Jewish Christians who were facing increasing persecution for their faith. They're beginning to doubt that Jesus was truly the Messiah. And they're considering the thought of returning back to the comforts of their formality and the structure of Judaism. And they say Jesus hasn't yet returned to the victor- as a victorious king. They question who he was there. They, he came in a way they weren't expecting. And their freedom from the old Mosaic law made possible through Jesus is definitely outside their comfort zone. They had done religion a particular way all of their lives. And they were thinking about going back to that old Mosaic law. They didn't exactly believe that because they were facing tribulations and persecution here. And certainly when you do add in the mix severe tribulations and persecutions, you have a bunch of Christians who are about ready to throw in the towel. And you know, that's what sometimes we do. You see, faith that's not tested is really not pure faith. You will be tested. We all are tested on whether or not we believe God. We know all of these, as you look at chapter 11 here of Hebrews, they were tested. Some passed the test at times, some failed the test. But God was there with them, and God didn't leave them. And it's the same as your case in my life also, is our faith will be tested. Life does not always turn out the way we thought it would turn out. Life presents challenges. You know, I've always said the older I got, I felt like that maybe things would kind of fall into place and it would be smooth cruising, but it's not. It is a major, major challenge each and every day as we get older and from the very beginning, if we really realistically look at things, and so we see these Christians here, they were, they were struggling here. And to address this growing unrest, the author here of the book of Hebrews focused most on Hebrews on explaining Jesus' sacrificial work and the supremacy of Christ over the old law. And at the end, if we look at chapter 10, believers are exhorted to not cast off their confidence in Christ and to not return to their old ways, he then launches into chapter 11 with what's been called, again, the faith chapter, urging us to remember those who came before us, to remember their faith, to remember their obedience, to remember their perseverance, and to remember the falling. Fallen. He's saying, think about what happened to people who have gone before us. Look at those people who stood the test of time, may it be said like that. Look at the people who hung in there and said, I'm not going to back off. I'm going on. I'm going on with Jesus. And see, you and I will be tested in the same way because we can easily fall aside, and we'd never say it as Christians, certainly, because we would somehow be embarrassed by that, but we can fall aside in what God has called us to do. You've got a calling on your life. So do I. And it's so easy when you come under persecution or you come under pressure is that we can sort of, in a way, become apathetic, We wouldn't give up altogether necessarily, although I believe a lot of Christians today have. A lot of people have sort of given up. Maybe somehow God didn't answer their prayers the way they thought and so forth. And they said, you know, if God is good, he would have done what I told him to do. And that's not always the case. The case is that God is God and we are not. And we are to follow him and we are to persevere no matter what life presents to us. 
We know we need to remember those who have gone through, those who have been tested for their faith, even here. And the number of people, we look at, you know, Abraham, which we've talked about. We'll look at Noah in the future there about what he went through. You know, no matter what persecution or how people came against him, what did he do? He continued to build the ark, didn't he? And he continued to preach. He didn't back off. God's building something in your life, and He's building it in my life. And the only way that He can accomplish that is sometimes puts us in that crucible of pressure. That pressure is on us. Pressure is on the church today. Pressure is on marriages, upon families, upon assemblies. Pressure today. And we somehow think, well, you know, let's just get out from under this pressure. But God is saying, no, I've got a purpose in it. I'm building something in your life that nothing else can build. And this is what we're talking about today when we remember. It encourages us in our faith because we all need encouragement. And I believe that we're to encourage one another. I believe one, obviously, purpose of the church is to to encourage one another in the faith until that day comes because we're going to come under severe, I believe, pressure. I believe, you know, the church here in the United States and America today has not suffered the persecution that we see in other churches throughout around the world. But I believe the time's coming. I believe that things are happening even more today. You're saying, yeah, it looks better. Yeah, in a way it does. But in a way, it looks a whole lot worse. Time's going to come when you and I are under that pressure. And the question is, are you going to remain steadfast in your faith in Jesus? Are you going to continue to have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ? No matter what happens in your life, no matter what's going on. You remember the story here, and I'm getting ready to go to Ecuador here. I'll leave next Sunday night. Please pray for me if you would. And I'll be in, in, in uh, Ecuador about, for about 10 days or so. But remember what happened there uh, in Ecuador, in the Amazon in Ecuador. By faith, Jim Elliott and Nate Saint and others went down into the Amazon and their purpose was to present the good news of Jesus Christ to those Indians in Ecuador. And obviously what happened was, and you know the story, long story, but to make it short, is that there were, the Indians killed them. They thought they were coming in there, and plus there was some jealousy about them coming in there to begin with. But what happened was, is Jim Elliott's uh, wife, Elizabeth, and others went back down there after their husbands and their family members were killed, went back into the Amazon and began to love those Indians and began to present Jesus Christ to them. And many, many, many have come at this time to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the pastor that I'll be staying with there in in Quito, Ecuador, helps to build churches in the Amazon. Actually, a part of that, his church helps to do that. And we traveled down to to, uh, the Amazon that time again, flew over the Amazon with intent to go in. And because there were many that needed to be baptized, we were going to baptize them while we were in the Amazon, but couldn't get in because of the, uh, the cover, the cloud cover. We couldn't get below the clouds to get in. It was safe. So we had to turn back and go back to a place called Shell, Ecuador. But there are many people today, and these Indians now are testifying about who Jesus is in their life. You see, these men could have given up. Their wives could have come back and said, well, it's not worth it. They killed my husband. And yet, in spite of all of that, Elizabeth Elliot and others went down there and began to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful that people didn't give up on you? Isn't it wonderful that people didn't give up on me? 
Isn't it wonderful today that you're not going to give up on those loved ones? We know that maybe they don't know Jesus or maybe they're facing some type of troubles and and tribulations or maybe just life in general. That you're not going to give up. That you're not going to give up on your God for your healing. That you're not going to give up on God for, for the things that we know that He's already promised us. That we're going to remain steadfast in our faith in Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's what we're about today. This is the encouragement because we know those that have gone before us. We are to remember the falling. Obviously, we see here, we look at verses of 13 through 16 of Hebrews 11. It says, These all died in faith, and therefore God is not ashamed to be, to be called their God there. Obviously, how would you like it to be said of you that God is not ashamed to be called your God? We're not ashamed. And with the flag at half-staff on Memorial Day, we remember our fallen soldiers. Their sacrifice gives us strength and gives us courage and conviction that what we have and the freedoms we enjoy are worth fighting for. People say, well, you know, we just need to let God be sovereign. He is. But you see, He waits on His children to respond today. We are His hands. We are His feet. We are His eyes. The body of Christ. You've heard of it before. That's why we're called the body. And when one part of the body hurts, the Bible says the other parts hurt. And that's why when one's sick in this congregation, we in one way or another hurt for that person. And that's why we pray for one another. And that's why we have this time in our worship service to ask God to heal and to bind up those who have a broken heart. And whatever the issue may be, God is calling us to do that. We are to remember and look back how God has dealt in our lives in the past and how wonderful things he's done and maybe the good time. Or maybe you say, well, Lord, Jim, my, my life has been full of troubles and so forth. And yet you're here today because you're proclaiming that you want to know Jesus and you want to know him better. Obviously, we need to obviously go forth and have the courage and strength to remember and conviction. The second point is, is that we are to resolve to be found faithful. Resolve, resolution, doesn't that word, that means something to us. We are to resolve, we are to commit, we're to stand here. And at noon on Memorial Day, the flag is not left at half-staff position of remembrance of those who have fallen. At noon, the flag is hoisted up. High to indicate our resolve not to let their sacrifice be in vain, but to rise up in their stead and continue the fight. We're to remember and honor the past, but we're not supposed to be living there. We're living in the present. Do you know that only less than 40% of Christians vote in the elections? Less than 40% of people who call themselves Christians will vote. I'm praying that won't be so this November. I want to tell you, our country is at a threshold. Our country is right there. And you and I, as God's people, need to take the, our responsibility that God has given us to live in this land of the brave, home of the free. And we're to go in and we are to vote. Ask God's Spirit to direct us. Let me tell you one thing. The Spirit of the Lord will direct your paths. And I know that, and so do you. And even if you have to look back and you know hindsight's twenty twenty, you can see how God has brought you a long way, and He's brought me a long way. And you and I have a responsibility to vote. We need to put people, men and women, into public office that have a spiritual... They know Jesus, 
And if they don't, that they're moving in that direction. Those who have morals and values the same as ours. Those who, have a high, who set the bar high. I've heard recently that so many people are trying to set the bar low. That's not where we're at. And that's not what we need to do. We need to set the bar high. And we need to hold these officials, these people that govern over you and me in this country today, we need to hold them to accountability. And we do that by voting. And we need to voice our concerns. And we need to pray like we've never prayed before. Because this country is in dire straits. This country needs to know that we are a God-fearing nation. We are a God-fearing country who looks to the Lord. This country was established upon the principles of the Word of God. And about Jesus Christ as being Savior of the world today. And He's coming back again. And it could be a lot sooner than what you realize. And we talked about that. I believe Jesus could come back at any moment today. And no matter what, I believe that. We could be in our lifetime today. Some of you sitting here, maybe all of us, could be here when Jesus comes back again. He could do that very easily. Do you believe it? The Bible says so. I believe it. He could come back at any moment. That great cloud of witnesses that we see in verse 1 isn't referring to the people who are watching us. It refers to the heroes of the faith mentioned in chapter 11 whose lives of faith stand in testimony of how to please God. They are witnesses because of their testimony. In verse 39 at the end there says, And all these having obtained a good testimony through faith. We were inspired by the godly examples these saints set during their lives. They're real men and women whose lives of faith encourage others to live that way also. That cloud is referred to as a, is great, indicates their vast numbers. Millions of believers have gone before us, each bearing witness to the life of faith we now live. They passed it down. We're to pass it down. We're to live like that today. We are to resolve these things in our hearts. And we are encouraged to run with endurance the race that's set before us. A lifetime of obedience to Christ is not easy, is it? Running the race and finishing well takes endurance. The race the author of Hebrews is talking about isn't referring to life in general. It's referring to the life of a Christian, a true believer in Jesus Christ, a true follower of Jesus Christ. The starting line of this race is at the moment you surrender your heart to Jesus and it ends with your dying breath. Just what Darcy just brought up about right at the very end there. Jeremiah's grandfather saying those things about that, talking about the Lord, and he's getting ready and has since gone out into eternity. That was what was on his heart. He wasn't saying, you know, oh my goodness, I, I should have done this, I should have done that. See, those things were already taken care of. What he was proclaiming was who he was in God and who God was in him. And look at the fruit that was born as a result. That's what we're to live as. We're to resolve here. As believers, sometimes we get tangled up in sin. You know, we experience times when we love the things of this world more than the things of God. We put other things first. Other things become idols on our hearts. And anything that obviously we love more than God is an idol, whatever it may be. It may not be something carved out of wood or stone, but it's an idol in our heart. And God is saying, I just won't tolerate that. I've got to be first place in your life. And we need to remember these things today. The Apostle Paul says it like this in, first, in Romans chapter 13. He says this, 
And do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in the the reverie and drunkenness and lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. He said the time is short, he's saying. He's saying, get ready, church. Wake up out of your slumber, he talks about in another chapter. He says, get ready. Because he's saying, church, I believe that time is right. I know that God has spoken to your heart today. I know that God has spoken to my heart. And what is he saying to Jim? He's saying, get ready. He's saying, get ready. Be prepared. Let's shake off everything that's on you that's not like me and not like Jesus. And run that race with endurance. He said, because the time is short. He's telling you. He's telling me. He's telling the church today. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, He who has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. Do you have ears to listen to what God is saying? Do you have the resolve to say, I'm going to stand for Jesus no matter what? I'm going to remember what He's done in my life. I'm going to remember what He's done in this country. I'm going to remember these things. And when you do that, you'll be encouraged. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Therefore, I run thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He's saying here, well, I'm running the race with endurance. And what does he say in Timothy? He said, I fight the good fight of faith. I fought it. I've fought the good fight of faith. You think that somehow that we can sit back on our couch and, and do nothing and just sort of idly take time as it comes and so forth and let time pass by? No, indeed. We are fighting a fight. And just like mentioned earlier, we are in warfare. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and you and I are not exempt from that. And we are in a war today. And you and I have to put on the armor of God. And we need to fight because every day is a fight. And it's a fight of faith to believe who God is, what He says about us, His promises today, and the things that we know are in His Holy Word. That's what life is all about. The third thing here is we're to reflect on the finisher of our faith. Endurance is needed because we'll face times of great difficulty as believers. Life itself is difficult. Our great propensity to sin results in great consequences. The consequences of sin all around us. Death and disease, disaster, suffering. However, as believers in Jesus Christ, not only are we faced with the difficulties and challenges of this life in general, we also share in the sufferings of Christ. As believers, God continues to refine us and mature our faith so that over time we become more and more like Jesus, reflecting His characters. And those happen in the times of testings, when we are tested and sometimes we're stretched to where we feel like that we can't go on and we're stretched and we're tight and all and we know that but God is doing something in it don't give up endure one of the little prayers that we taught here on Wednesday night a little acronym that the word from the word fellowship I pray from Ephesians say Lord strengthen my inner man with all power that I'll know how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that I would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then I ask the Holy Spirit of God to impart 
the letter F, the fear of God into my heart. This nation no longer fears God. This nation no longer reverences God Almighty. This nation feels like that it can do exactly what it wants to do in rebellion to God Almighty and there'll never be any consequences and that's the greatest deception that Satan has brought upon this nation called the United States of America. And we need to obviously have an impartation of the fear of God. And the Holy Spirit will do that if you and I will pray and ask Him to do this because I know that's His will. The second letter is the E, fellowship, remember, F-E-L-L. And I'll stop after that. It is endurance, endurance, patience. One of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. And I use the word endurance. And I ask the Holy Spirit of God on a daily basis, Holy Spirit, impart to me the spirit of endurance that I will not back down. I will not draw back. I will keep on keeping on. I'll keep on seeking you. I'll continue with a heart and desire to know you and how great the power of your resurrection. I pray that today. Ask him to give you and impart to you the spirit of endurance today that you will not back down. And will not back off. Because I believe today he's refining your faith. And he's refining our, my faith. God knows what, how much faith I have. And he knows how much faith you have. So why are we tested? Anybody? So that we can see it. Or the lack of. It's for us. God already knows. Remember when he asked a question? He's not looking for information. He wants us to know. And so he's refining our faith. Because faith is where it's at. Because everything's not faith. It's sin. Everything. And many times we don't have the faith. But you're saying, I'm in this crucible. And the pressure's coming on. What's going on? I believe this. An old pastor friend of mine said this. And I was reminded of it this past week. He said, when there's pressure in your life or there's pressure here and there... It's because God is getting ready to make some changes. Amen? God doesn't let us stay the same. God doesn't allow us to stay in that old state. First of all, for salvation, the major change. But then he grows us up. He wants us mature in our faith, doesn't he? He wants us to grow up to be more like Jesus. And the only way he can do that is through some really challenging times. And what happens is he'll watch you and me and he allows us to see whether or not we'll back off and we'll draw back. And sometimes it seems like I do. I'm going, oh, that's painful. Let's get back a little bit, Lord. Wait a minute. You're getting a little bit too close here. You know, Lord, uh, and then you start kind of bargaining with the Lord. And we all bargain one way or another. You know, we, 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 let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. And God said, no, nah, I'm going to work it. Do you want to be more like Jesus or don't you? In 1 Peter chapter 4, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice in the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding glory, joy. And then in James, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Don't think it's strange when hard things come your way. Now, 
Do we let it stay? We pray about it, obviously, and we ask the Lord, whether it be for healing and so forth. God heals, and we know that. Sometimes he, he allows it to go on for whatever's going on. I don't have the reasons for it. But I know one thing, we're to pray, and it will bring you to prayer when you face tough times. We're naturally inclined to desire comfort and pleasure. Why would anyone intentionally choose the more difficult path where suffering is not only a possibility, but it's guaranteed? Why would you do that? Because what's happening is, is that yes, your salvation is there and you're secure in Jesus. But in reality, the Bible talks about working out your salvation. Is that you are obviously not working for your salvation. Because you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone. But you work out. And it's through the trials and the tribulations. James said, don't think it's strange that you're facing these things. Don't think it's strange that spiritual warfare... Today is being increased around this land. Don't think it's strange today. I believe the devil knows his time is short. I don't know what he understands. He knows the word of God better than we do. He's very, very brilliant. He knows. But I believe it could be he knows his time. He's watching the signs of the times. And he's trying to take down every person that he possibly can to keep them from stepping into heaven through Jesus Christ. He will take everybody to hell with them that he possibly can. And he keeps people's blinders on the eyes, on their eyes, because the Bible talks about that we cannot know the Lord unless those blinders are removed. That's why our loved ones that don't know Jesus, sometimes you talk to them about Jesus and you're going, they don't hear a word I'm saying. It's because they are not, obviously, the blinders are there and Satan has deceived them. That's why when somebody does something on TV and they're saying, well, you know, this, this, is, this is good and so forth, and you're going, no, that's bad. That's bad. They just do the opposite of what you believe. Don't think that's strange. People act out of that old nature. They're not born again. They're not saved. They don't think the way you and I think. They don't have a worldview like you and I do. We know Jesus is coming back. We know the time is short. They don't have any idea. And you start talking to them about that and those blinders are on and they believe that you've lost your mind. Or, one, or the other thing is that you're some kind of a religious fanatic. You've lost your mind. You're insane. Remember, was it Festus or one of them said, Paul, you've lost your mind. You've gone insane. Just tell them the truth. God will eventually remove those blinders. You don't know who wants to receive. Just like last night at that wedding, I didn't know there was people that responded. They said, my loved one heard that. And I know they knew Jesus and they're responding to it. I have no idea. You put the word out there because let me tell you, the word of God is powerful. It is powerful. And then allow God to use it as he pleases. But it may be under duress. It may be under pressure. It may be under some real circumstances. Don't give up on God. Remember what he's done. Know that he is good. Know that He's faithful. Know that one day He will bring you through. And He'll bring me through. It may be on the other side. It may be on this side. That's up to Him. Don't give down. Endurance is the name of the game. Remember also, there's only one road that leads to eternal life. And all other roads lead to eternal damnation. In Matthew chapter 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. 
Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Now, I've mentioned here the last couple of weeks, looking crowds of people. And I think, how many of those people in that crowd are saved? How many people really are born again? How many people today? You know, I don't know that. But I know one thing. I'm sure not all of them are. There are multitudes of people today that know, need to know Jesus Christ. There have been some. The Bible talks about when the gospel is preached to all nations. That actually then Jesus can, that time will come. And if you look at prophecy, which, you know, we all have, I have tidbits about it. And you hear this one say this and that one say that and so forth. And, you know, I just know Jesus could come back any moment. But some are saying that the gospel actually will have been proclaimed to all nations by the year 2020. Hmm. It's four years, isn't it? Less than four years, somewhere in right in there. What's that mean? I don't know. But I do know that we need to be ready. Why did Jesus endure? Because of the joy that was set before him. And the same is true for us today. Our joy is set before us as well. Can you rejoice in the persecutions? Can you be reminded and look back and say, God has brought me a long way. He's carried me this far and I know he's not going to leave me. Can you say that with all certainty today? Will those who come after us find us faithful? And did we endure to the very end? Can we say with certainty that today? We should look back and remember the fallen. Those men and women of faith preceding us, we need to remember those who've given their lives again this Memorial Day. Remember them. Thank you, Lord, for them. The freedom that we have. They lived their lives in obedience and faith until the very end, suffering persecution, sometimes even death. And we honor their conviction and perseverance. And we draw courage from their memory. And like those who came before us, we too must resolve to be found faithful. Shrinking back is not an option. Shrinking back is not in our vocabulary. And when we're getting weary and discouraged and feel like giving up, We've got to reflect on the finisher of our faith. His name is Jesus. Who for the joy set before him, he endured. Can we say that's happening in our lives today? And many of you here today can say, I've endured a lot, and I know that. A lot more than I have. A lot more maybe your neighbor and so forth. But we've endured, haven't we? Can we say that we'll be found faithful when we leave this world? Will we be able to be on our deathbed? as Jeremiah's grandfather is, and out of our last breath, talk about the Lord, talk about God, talk about those things while others see us and see what happened. Can we do that today? <coughs> Will we be found faithful? And we're here this morning, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Your race hasn't even started. And I'm not talking about coming to church. The church doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. 
where is your relationship today? You can be talking about back when you were a, a, a child and you were baptized. And those times are wonderful and you need to remember those. But where are you today in your faith? When the Lord, you stand before Jesus during that time and he'll, he'll look at you and you'll say, well, you know, my mother and father, they, they went to church and, and they taught us about Jesus. Jesus loves me, this I know and all that. And God will say, but where do you stand today? Are you putting your faith in my son, Jesus Christ? Where are you right now, right this moment? Can you say with certainty that I put my trust in Jesus Christ? He is my Lord and my Savior. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about anything except a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm saying, do you know him? Today may be the day as you receive him into your life that you receive the greatest freedom that you could ever have, the freedom from sin and death, the freedom from the guilt and shame that you may feel. Today may be that day. It may be the day that you said, I need to commit to this church. This is a body of believers who wants to grow in the grace and knowledge of knowing Jesus. And you say, yeah, Jim, but, uh, you know, I've been looking for that perfect church. Well, I've always said it. If you find that perfect church, obviously, it's no longer going to be perfect. You may want to join. That commitment, that resolve to say, I'm resolving to follow Jesus and grow in my relationship here at Lighthouse Fellowship today. We welcome you. Come and share with us about it. We'll talk with you, counsel, and pray with you. The day may be the day. Maybe it's an issue that you're dealing with, whatever it may be. Issue of, of, of family or friends or in your own life with Jesus. You're a Christian, you're born again, you're saved, but you have maybe slipped away and you've kind of, you've pulled back in that relationship with Jesus. Maybe today is the day that you turn around and repent and run into the open arms of Jesus Christ. Maybe today is the day. I want to know you, Jesus. I want you in my life and I want your fullness to dwell here in this heart and life of mine. And so I make you Lord of my life. Come in. Sometimes you can say, I just recommit my life to the Lord this day. This day, I make that decision. We know He heals. The day may be the day you just say, Lord, I'm a, I'm a candidate for healing. And I raise my hands to you. And I pray for that healing. You see, Jesus Christ is the answer. There's no other way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. He's the only one. He can do all things. And he works miracles today. He's not out here as a deistic God somewhere, put it all together, and he's out of here. No, he's right here, right now, by his Spirit. His Spirit's right here, right now. And so whatever the issue may be, whatever the concern, whatever the need, whatever it may be, is just open your heart to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, come in. I need you, and I need your help. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, your truth. We thank you for this wonderful day. We remember those who have gone before us in the faith, but also 
in this country that have given their lives sacrificially that we would have the freedom that we have. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for your son Jesus who gave his life that we would have freedom. And Lord, we proclaim him as Lord over our lives this day. We proclaim him being Lord over this church this day. And we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord over all. And so today, Lord, we pray, make yourself known in this body. Make yourself known in this church. Come in the power of your spirit, O Lord, and do miraculous things and salvations and healings and deliverances. And dear God, whatever you want to do, we invite you to do so. Thank you, Lord, for this country. Bring us back. Send an awakening across this land like we've never known before. And the power and the move of your spirit, O Lord, that people again would turn back to you and turn to Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.